Hello, I'm Alex Meyerhofer. And I'm Paul Meyerhofer. Welcome to Job Talk, the podcast where you get an inside look at interesting jobs and the journey that led people to them. Today, we speak with Nuvar Pandey, legendary Silicon Valley product manager currently at Boston Scientific Digital Ventures. Newport left her mark on Yahoo, Pig Advance, The Good Guide, and the Parents Club of Palo Alto and Menlo Park. She has a master's degree in economics, as well as a master's degree in sociology, both from Virginia Tech. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a good weekend. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just getting, just getting started. What do you do in your job? So I'm actually a product manager at Boston Scientific. And Boston Scientific is a medical device company, but they have a small group in San Jose that builds mobile applications and websites. And I am part of that team. And I'm responsible for three products. One is a mobile app for chronic pain patients. One is an internal product for our sales reps. And then there's a product that I'm working on that is for physicians and coordinators. Do you work in a lab? Do you work in an office? Do you normally work at home? I normally work in an office and our office is uh, like an open space office. Uh, so it's a sort of like a, like a big room where everyone has their workstations. And I think the way we sit sometimes depends on the functional team that we work with. So our group isn't that big, but I tend to sit next to some of the engineers that I work with very closely. So I can turn around and say, hey, what do you think about this? Could you tell us more about how you design and build products? So I think I, I spent a lot of time working with the engineers and designers and trying to build these products. But before we get to the building, what we do is do a lot of market research, trying to figure out if our hypothesis of the product is right. So in the instance of the one that I'm working on right now, we went into physicians' offices. We watched how they did things. Because sometimes when you're doing something, you're not even aware that it's a pain point. Whereas to us, when we come in, we're like, oh, wow, you're still faxing stuff. You, you know, why aren't you using a mobile device? Or why aren't you using a text or an email? So just observing their current way of doing things and seeing pain points was really helpful. And we went to several clinics across the country and traveled and spent time with different types of physicians with different types of clinics, then came back and analyzed that data. So we had hypotheses that there were five things on that list that we thought would be a pain point. But then we could quickly realize that actually those five were still on the list, but the ordering was different. So the prioritization was different. So we changed the priority. Then the next thing we did was, how do you know that it's still of value to your user? So we did some quick prototyping. I used a product called Envision, which helps you build a quick prototype. It's almost like mockups that you can put in front of your user and ask them, hey, so what do you think of this idea? So imagine it's some kind of management tool for a clinic. So they can look at it and tell us, oh, you know, well, this is interesting. This is not interesting. So after doing many rounds of that, we came to an idea for the pilot that would be useful. So right now we're in a pilot stage of that product. A pilot means it's not in, it's not commercially launched yet. We're still testing out the concept. Do you find your job challenging? I find my job challenging, one, because of COVID, because I'm not near people. 
I also find my job a little bit challenging because there are a lot of, it's a medical company and I haven't worked in one before. There's a lot of regulatory process that I wasn't aware of. So for every time there's a product release, you have to do a lot of documentation. That's something new for me that I'm learning how to do. I think I figured it out, but initially it was challenging. Sometimes it's challenging that users come back and say, even though they've said initially that, yes, 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 I love this. But when you put the product out in front of them, they're like, oh, well, actually, I don't love this. So then you have to go back and change it. Uh, but those are all, you know, part of the process. So you mentioned that working uh, with a medical company is new to you. Can you walk us through your career? What did you do before? For the most part, I worked in tech companies. I spent a lot of time at Yahoo building products. Then I worked at a few small startups where there were no less than 10 people in the company. And most of the times we had, you know, an idea that we would try to put out to the users and then keep iterating on the idea. But very often some of the startups went out of business because they just didn't find a product market fit. So it was interesting to learn, but also very taxing because you spend a lot of time, but then you can't really come up with something that's viable. I also ran a nonprofit for parents. It was called the Palo Alto Parents Club. I ended up doing that for a year. I didn't think it would be my full-time job. I thought I was going to do it as a side gig, but it ended up being a lot of work and I actually enjoyed working on it. So, so imagine a social network, a paid social network for parents. So when you guys were really young and Nikhil and Rhea were really young, you could reach out to other moms and ask them, well, what should you do if your kid doesn't sleep or you know, has trouble eating? So the network was primarily of parents who live around here. So really helpful to me as a new mom. And I ended up running that network for a year or so. What did you want to do as a kid? And how did that change? Be a fashion designer. Oh, hmm. So I'm nowhere near that. But I did end up taking fashion design classes a couple of years ago at Kenyatta College. And I'm still thinking about doing a, a program at the new school, which, which is Parsons. They offer an online program now. So I'm thinking of doing that uh, in my spare time. I still want to do it, but it might be a different path to get there. As a product manager, what kind of things did you do to prepare for that position? Honestly, I think I kind of got thrown into it. I was doing a completely different job before at a company, even before Yahoo, and ended up being a product manager. <laughs> I think it just requires a lot of being able to think on your feet, understanding, you know, what users want and how to get there. I think sometimes it's hard because people always think, well, if I want this and everyone else wants that too. So how can you validate that, you know, what, what you're building is actually what other people want. So it was, it started off as like a junior product manager, just learning and working my, working my way up. So I don't think there was a specific training to be a product manager, honestly. It's been iterative along the way. What was generally the most influential thing for your career being a product manager? I think the most influential part was I really enjoyed working at Yahoo because I started when it was a small company, but there were a lot of users. So you could put something out on, on the internet and very quickly learn if people liked it or not. In fact, it was really hard for me to go from such a big company to a very small company where we didn't have any users. So it was hard to test and validate your idea. So it ended up doing a lot of paper mock-ups, 
going to Market Street in San Francisco and grabbing people and paying them $10 and asking them for their feedback on ideas. So it was a big shift, which I struggled with a lot. Whereas at Yahoo, you could just develop something just like you, you can put a website up and throw it out there and you get instant feedback. People will say, you know, you can just tell by the usage, like, do they like it? Do they not like it? That part is still a little bit hard for me because even even now the user base is a lot smaller than what I'm used to from before. In your in your job, do you find you have a lot of control over your own time or do you have to work in a more rigid schedule? What kind of deadlines do you have to meet? I think right now I don't have much control over, over my time because everything I have to do requires me to either make a phone call or be on Zoom. So it takes a lot of time away that I could probably just use to think or strategize or have some downtime. But if when I was in the office, I think it was a little bit better, but there's still a lot of meetings. I'm not that fond of meetings. I prefer to have very minimal meetings, but it seems to be unavoidable when we're working with uh, larger teams. What's your favorite part of your job? I actually like the building part the most. So working with engineers and designers and taking some of the feedback that we get from users and how do you translate that into requirements? And then, you know, again, taking that and showing it to users and seeing what they think. And then also learning how they're using it. They're always surprises. So, you know, you put a product out, but they end up using it completely differently than how you think they're going to use it. Uh, so learning that could be exciting or could be demoralizing as well. I recently had some demoralization last week where I thought they were going to use it a certain way. And then the person I was talking to gave it a completely different use case. And I think like, I think literally my voice went, oh, and everyone on the call was like, oh my God, Newport is crushed. She just literally had a heart attack. It was so obvious. <laughs> so how inventive or creative can you be with your work like on a weekly basis? Or are you generally following a very strict process? No, actually, I think a lot of that is in my control. So I can be pretty creative, except for some of the documentation that I'm required to do. That part is not creative, which is why I just meant, I said that I don't enjoy it. Uh, but the rest of it, I can be. But doesn't mean that I still don't have to follow a process of how to build a product. But I have a, a lot more in my control of how do I design it? How do I build it? In fact, the most important thing is whatever we're building, I'll be tracking metrics for it. So is it actually going to generate user adoption, user value, and then eventually obviously revenue? But that part can be tricky sometimes. It takes some time to get some of those metrics to show up, which can be hard and challenging at times because sometimes they don't align the way you think they are going to. Do you think your job will be, you know, still around in five to 10 years or will like AI take over? Well, I think it probably will. Yeah, I think it probably will because I think that interaction with the users is still necessary and valid. I can't say in 20 years, but I think in, in the next five or so for sure. So you talk about data metrics. Do you interface with customers on a personal basis a lot or is it mostly on a broader, more abstract basis? Because right now the product is still in a pilot. We actually interact with customers. It could be sometimes once a week, could be once every two weeks. It's, it's in my control to decide when I want to set those meetings up. So depending on what we've released and what feedback I want, I can reach out anytime and get feedback. Sometimes I get it via email if it's something quick. And sometimes I, I organize like a Zoom call and get feedback through Zoom. 
I mean, in normal times, we might even visit the clinic and ask them for feedback. But since that, it's not an option right now, uh, everything is online. But I like that part a lot. I like hearing directly from the customers because as I said, you always learn something new. It may not always be what I want to hear, but I like hearing it. So what unique skills uh, or like, traits do people in your position need? I think having an open mind and understanding what your users want and being methodical about what you're building. I think the most important thing is, is there a product market fit? Because oftentimes we build products like you guys use a ton of mobile apps and websites, but maybe half of them you stop using, or maybe you install an app, but then you actually never use it. In that case, it probably isn't a good market fit for your, maybe your generation or so how do you figure out that there is a good product market fit? And the only way to do that is doing some of this research, doing some of the validation that we've done along the way to make sure that we are producing something that is of value. And that process can be hard because it takes time instead of just going and building something. Because sometimes it's easier to just go build a website or a mobile app, but then you find as I did in many of the startups that I was at, that you build something, but then no one wants to use it because we build some, we build the wrong thing. When working with engineers to design a product, do they generally listen to you, or are there ever like major disagreements about like? It depends on who. <laughs> it depends on who the engineers are. One of my other teams, it was always very, what's the word? Not combative, but like it was always very argumentative at times. It also depends on the personalities of the engineers are more easygoing, but some always have an opinion. I don't know, most of the time, I think they're always like probably thinking that, oh my God, like you have to tell her again, it's explain it to her again. She's not getting it. I don't know. I don't, they don't say it, but <laughs> it's possible. So it's, it's, it's different engineering teams that I'm working in. I, I, I personally enjoy the argumentative nature because it helps me learn something because if everyone just agrees then I don't know. I find it hard to believe that everyone's agreeing and everyone thinks that it's the right idea. So when someone speaks up, I think it's a good thing. Having a, a different opinion is always helpful because it makes you think that, oh, okay, maybe that is true. And even if it's not, but you still go and think about it, even if you come back and say, no, I'm still right. And it's the same thing with design as well. I like having divergent views because it helps to think and it helps to build a better product, I believe. What helps you do well in your position? Is it like keeping an open mind or is it like staying strong when you need to? Probably be a little bit of both, keeping an open mind, staying strong. Also, I think being organized. I think being organized about the feedback, being organized about every release, being organized about, well, what's next? Uh, it's super helpful because if some of those things are not documented or not written down or you haven't thought through, then everyone else will probably not work and they'll be like okay well most people are always working on multiple projects and they'll be like okay I'll just go work on this thing because Nupor hasn't really told me what I should be working on next so I think that's a it's a huge piece and then obviously um, tracking the success of the product but uh, when it comes to user adoption and metrics okay so if you were to like step away for your job for three months what would happen without getting a replacement for the company? <laughs> I think I think my cross-functional team has an engineering lead, a marketing lead, a design person, and myself. If it's a short period of time, I'm fairly certain that the technical lead and the marketing person could 
probably cover for me. Okay. Long term, I, I don't know because everyone also has their own set of jobs that they have to do. Yeah. But if it's okay. if it's short term, I think it, it's possible. What don't you like about your job? I think it's documentation, but sometimes I guess my least favorite other things are trying to get agreement on something from senior management, but sometimes it can take some time. Additionally, I work in a team that that works a lot with other cross-functional teams. So something I'm expecting or I'm waiting on something from a cross-functional team, as I am waiting right now, that can take longer than I want it to, but I'm dependent, so helpless right now in some ways. So I don't like that. I don't like being helpless. I like being more in control of, of my destiny and my product's destiny. So when that is not the case. How does the structure of how, what is the structure of your company? So you mentioned senior management and you mentioned there were like different people with different roles in your team. What's, what's generally like the structure in a company like yours? It, the company is actually, it's a huge company, but the way, because our group is uh, a smaller group in, in Silicon Valley. So we interface a lot with a group that's in LA that's where our headquarters are for our group. So sometimes I, I work a lot with people on those teams. So the regulatory team or the marketing team, all those functions actually are in LA, whereas our team is engineers, designers, and product managers. But honestly, the distance doesn't matter right now because everyone is on Zoom. So it doesn't make a difference. Is your work generally fast-paced or like, are you generally under a lot of pressure? Yes, sometimes too much. Especially right now, it feels like a lot because there's not a good separation between home and work. So it feels, it can feel pretty exhausting on a lot of days. Yeah. Do you ever have to pull all-nighters? I think I've done it maybe once here, but in the past, I've actually done it very often. In fact, in the past, I've actually stayed in the office and slept in the office. Wow. And eating pizza in the office at night, like not just one night, multiple nights. Mm. But I was also, I was also younger then, so I didn't mind it. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed it actually, <laughs> because I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people who were doing the same thing because we were trying to get something out. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing as long as it's justified. So when, when you got a position as product manager in Boston Scientific, was, was, was the role what you expected it to be or was it different than you thought? I think a little bit different than I thought. I think it's, it's more, more intense than I thought. And there were some additional processes that I was not aware of. So for the, probably for the most part, similar, but some unknowns. What's something that a lot of people have misconceptions about in terms of your position or your job? It's easier than it looks. <laughs> that you don't have any power, that the engineers have all the power, which can be true at times, because <laughs> they're the ones who are writing the code and building it. But at least, at least what I find here is it's a very collaborative process, at least with my engineering team. So I don't feel it here, but I, I definitely have felt it in previous companies. What was the most influential thing in you getting your position? I think just having previous product management experience, even though it wasn't in the medical field, I think was probably influential. I think for me, like if you ask me that question, like what's 
what's most influential for me for working here is compared to like other roles that I've done is seeing the value that you provide to patients or uh -huh. to users that we're, that we're building products for. Because before it used to be just, you know, users across the internet. So someone using Yahoo, I don't, I mean, I am affecting their life, but I don't know if I'm improving their life. The com company's making a lot of money, but here I can see a direct translation of what I'm building and how it's actually affecting a patient or it's how it's actually affecting a physician. And I think that that really gives me immense satisfaction um, and pride in building some of these products to see how I'm improving lives. So that's why I like my job a lot. How are your products used? One of them is used in a, in, in a physician's office. And then another one is used by pain patients. So you can install an app and it helps you track how much pain you're having, you know, what movement are you showing? You can generate reports and give to your physician. So there are two different audiences, but being able to track effectively is really important for our chronic pain patients. And to be able to see, you know, what affects that brain. So did I eat something that increased my pain? Did I move differently? So several different factors going to it, but be able to see those factors and, you know, in an app form and a generated report is useful for the user and for the physician. So again, like I've never worked on a medical product before, so it's super interesting. And also it's interesting to talk to the patients because very often we'll have surveys or do usability studies and get feedback on our products and how they use them. So being able to interact and hear their stories on how the app or the product helped hopefully improve their life is pretty great. Yeah. So how much effort does your work normally require? Is it uh, mostly like creative? Probably some creative, a lot of operational work a lot of managing other people, making sure that people who have tasks are delivering on their tasks, managing a roadmap. So what's, what are we going to deliver in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, managing timelines for each releases. So in Q1, if I say I'm delivering four things, so that first thing, like, is it, did it meet its deadline? So the deadline was March 15th, which is something that I have right now. So am I going to meet that deadline? I don't know. I may not be able to meet that deadline given that I have a dependency on an external team right now and it's already going to be March 8th on Monday. So some of those things can obviously cause a lot of stress and pressure because they it could be in your control or it could be out of your control. And when you were asking about stress, so if you start, you know, there's when you build a product, you also do some testing. So you have a QA team that helps you test. And sometimes the QA team can find a lot of bugs. So now you, your release might get delayed because now you have to fix all these bugs. So they're different, depending on the product life cycle, you could be facing different challenges. Are you working on more than one pro uh, product at a time or is it usually just- I was, I was, I think working on three, but they were in different stages of the life cycle. So one was, you know, fully done and we were making some changes to it. One was more maintenance and one was more in sort of what we call like a discovery phase. I'm trying to do research to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the, what the concept of the product will be. But right now I'm only primarily working on one because 
I'm working on launching this product. So it's a, it's a lot of work. So the other two have taken a backseat. Could you, could you walk us through the product lifecycle? So product lifecycle could be, you can have this, this discovery phase where you're doing a lot of concept testing. So what I mentioned, the user research, market research, and then coming up with a proof of concept that you can quickly test with your users that helps validate that is my hypothesis. Are my hypotheses right? So I have four hypotheses, are they right or are only two right? And then from the proof of concept, you could go to a minimal viable product where you start adding a, a few more features and you start sort of increasing the number of users that are going to adopt your product and get feedback. And once you're comfortable that the MVP is also hitting on all points, then you can move to sort of like a more fuller launch. How long does it normally take? It can take a long time. <laughs> Again, I think it depends on how much work you do upfront. So if you are going to be one of those product managers who do does a lot of research and testing and validation of your hypothesis, it can take a long time. It could take even up to a year to finish some of that research. It could take up to six months. But if you don't do a ton of research and you just build something, you could probably put a product out in three months or six months. So it depends on, I guess, what strategy you you choose. What do you find to be the best strategy? With research, do you normally find that works better in terms of getting a more successful product? I think, I, I think I've changed. Before, I was not that conservative. I, I was more of the mind that you just put something out and you learn from your users. But the experience of some of the startups has really changed how I think. Because we, I spent probably time in like three or four startups and we built products that none of them had a product market fit. And I think the reason was we didn't do our research. We didn't go talk to users. We didn't find out that was this really a pain point. So now I'm of the reverse mode where I do like doing research. I want to make sure that what I'm building is going to be of value. So what do you recommend for people who want to eventually go into this role? I would say be an engineer because you have more control and everyone listens to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or be a fashion designer, which is what I wanted to be. Be a fashion designer and fall into the role, yeah. So. Okay. I could have had a chance to dress Michelle Obama. I missed that. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. I have okay. some regrets. Yeah. Um, what do you plan on doing next? Yeah, what do you plan on doing next? Yeah. I still like what I'm doing. And and since my product is still pretty early, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see my baby grow a little bit and make sure that it's it's in the on the right path. But after that, I think like your dad, I definitely have aspirations to do something on my own as well. I just haven't figured out what that is yet. So uh -huh. that's probably something I'd be looking at is doing some kind of entrepreneurship. Do you normally make enough to live comfortably? I'd like to make more. <laughs> but, but I guess so does everyone. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe like, I guess a general range of people in your position, like product managers in general, how do you think they, they do normally? I think it's different. Like if you're a product manager in, in tech, you would probably make a lot more money. But then, but then the question is, at least for me, do you have that same sense of satisfaction that you have with helping patients and, you know, or seeing 
a difference in their lives. So it's not for everyone, but it's a trade-off. Do you ever have to travel? I actually was traveling a lot before. I kind of miss that. I was traveling a lot to the LA office, which I mentioned, which is our headquarters, and also to see users, physicians, clinics for conferences, sometimes almost every week, depending on the week. So yeah, I, I, I miss doing that. So in terms of education, what's important to be successful in, in a position like yours? I think it's, it's probably good to have a fair bit of business skills and then some level of technical expertise. Like you probably don't have to be an engineer, but understanding technically how products are built, built, what languages are used, how are apps different from websites, just, you know, basic technical things are always helpful and then being around. And I think the most important thing is being curious. So even if you don't know something, but then if you're curious, can you either ask other people or go research on your own and find out a little bit more because that would help you. And in my current job, which I actually have not had to do before. And I, well, yeah, I forgot. I don't like doing this part either. It's doing, building a lot of PowerPoints. I never had to do this much PowerPointing before and I really dislike it. Yeah. So I've had to learn a lot of our PowerPoints that frankly, I couldn't care less about. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to believe that I don't think you should be doing PowerPoints because what happens when you do PowerPoints is everyone just like reads from the slides. Like I'm a believer of like you come into a meeting, you just give them a one pager or I, I guess have people read less and interact more. So that's my pet peeve. But I still have to do it a lot. So I have to get a lot of help on that from other people, from other cross-functional teams to help my PowerPoints look nice. So does your company leave the world a better place? Because you've talked about how you're proud of what you do. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I really like about it. It's because it has many different business units, not just the one that I'm in. And I think in each business unit, they are affecting customers and patients and making, improving their lives. So, which I think is a great thing and something new for me, but I like reading all the stories and how patients have improved their lives by using our products. And it's really, it's really pretty heartwarming. And are you still learning? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And actually, actually that was, that was really hard for me. I forgot to mention that. So coming from tech to a, medical device company there's a lot of medical jargon there's a lot of information that you need to learn about the therapy and the treatment that I did not know before it's taken me some time to learn that but I still don't think I know everything so I'm still learning every day which I think is I don't know I think I, I kind of like it that there's always something to learn thank you have a good weekend you too goodbye say I think kill for us bye I will Thank you for joining us today at Newport. As always, you can find additional details about Newport's path in our show notes. Thank you to Jonas Bjornstad for music from his Waterboy album, Pixelplay, Google, Descript, Anchor.fm, Patreon, and to you, our loyal listeners, for hanging with us for this episode of Job Talk.